I thought we could mark this November the 5th, a day that is sadly no longer remembered, by taking some time out of our daily lives to sit down and have a little chat. There are, of course, those who do not want us to speak. We think, just let me I think. I even now, orders are being shouted into telephones, and men with guns will soon be on their way. It's Chancellor Sutler. Damn it! Why? Because while the truncheon may be used in lieu of conversation, words will always retain their power. Words offer the means to meaning, and for those who will listen, the enunciation of truth. And the truth is, there is something terribly wrong with this country, isn't there? You designed it, sir. You wanted it foolproof. You told me every television in London. Cruelty and injustice, intolerance and oppression. And where once you had the freedom to object, to think and speak as you saw fit, you now have sensors and systems of surveillance coercing your conformity and selecting your submission. We need cameras. How did this happen? Who's to blame? Well, certainly there are those who are more responsible than others, and they will be held accountable. But again, truth be told, if you're looking for the guilty, you need only look into a mirror. I know why you did it. I know. Wake up, wake up, 502. It's going down. Your boy, Rashawn Myers. Welcome in Big X Radio. And people... The revolution will be over the airwaves. It's going down. Hey, Vin Harrington, what's going on with you, bro? my brother? How you doing? Man, I'm doing, you know, I'm doing good. I am doing great, actually. <laughs> you, you seem very excited to get to the radio this morning. I am very excited. Man. I had a very relaxing week. Took a nice little trip down to West Palm Beach uh, for a couple of days. <laughs> had a nice time on the, on the beach. Went to Fort Lauderdale, kicked it for a little bit. I'm in a good mood. And then I come back to this. I can see. I can see. Joe Kelly's on the line with us. Joe, how you doing this morning, brother? Man, you know, I gauge, I've got like a, a chart, kind of like when the doctor says, what pain are you in? And it's got all the emojis. Yeah. <laughs> Mine's yes. like, what level of angry are you? And right now I'm at raise my voice. I haven't hit throw a chair level. <laughs> I'll let y'all know. I'll give you a heads up when I hit throw a chair. And really get things popping, but yeah, I'm at raise my voice levels. That, that that that's what we need. That's what we need. And of course, the, that that clip was from uh, V for Vendetta, one of my favorite movies. Um, uh, just a, if you've never seen it, uh, definitely take the time out. It, it's real. It's it's definitely real. It's, it's a good one. It, it actually, in the last three years, has changed from just a uh, drama to a horror. Yeah, yeah, hey. Hey, I'm telling you, like that, that, that. There's a lot of truths in that uh, movie that you could apply to uh, <laughs> the the local scene with U of L athletics. Literally, <laughs> that I think are very apropos. So we're gonna get into that. I have a feeling that that's going to uh, dominate uh, the conversation today. And of course, if you want to get in, five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton's text line. Three eight four. 
888-344-1450 is the calling line if you want to hop on and give your thoughts about anything going on. But first thing that I, I want to say and just cleanse my palate and then you fellas can, can hop in. But I, I just want to say this. For the, the, the now uh, former governor, Matt Bevin, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to give you a standing applause. Congratulations because you did it. Everything that you wanted to do, everything that you set out to do, this came to the culmination today or yesterday at about 5 o'clock. Everything that you set in motion from starting with the illegally replacing the board to finding the first uh, opportunity to have Coach Patino and, and Tom Jurich ousted and then to slowly but surely have your board put into place the people that you wanted to make sure that the chaos continues inside the university level program. Congratulations, because you did it. Like, I know a lot of people have been, you know, everybody wanted, wanted to just roll their eyes and everybody wanted to say there's no such thing as, as conspiracies and there's no such thing as this and there's no such thing as that. But as we have come to watch what has happened over the last couple of years, um, it has become abundantly clear that there are clear and present dangers inside the University of Louisville Sports Athletics Department. And now, to me, fellas, it's like sports is no longer fun. Like the 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 the, the whole point of sports is not to be. It's supposed to be a, 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 an escape from reality, to be able to go somewhere, get together, and just have that, um, that, that time, that, that breathing, you know, that, that time to breathe. And, and for the University of Louisville, um, th their athletics department had been on a steady incline under the, the leadership of Tom Jurich um, back from when he took over the job um, in the, in the mid-90s. Uh, and then, you know, of course, we, we've seen unprecedented success within the athletics program. Um, you know, Rick Pitino comes in, uh, wins a championship, goes to a couple Final Fours. Bobby Petrino, uh, John L. Smith, uh, Charlie Strong, all these guys help mold uh, this athletics department into something that um, literally Louisville had started to, um, you know, snatch a table uh, with the, the power programs, the power elite um, in athletics. Uh, and that didn't sit right and didn't sit well with uh, certain powers that be within the state. And, and we all understand what that's about. Everything is, is, is uh, uh, along those, those red and blue lines. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the powers that be um, that are more of the blue persuasion did not like the chestiness of the University of Louisville program. They didn't like the we're miles ahead type of signing and postage uh, around the state. Um, they did not like um, the fact that, you know, Louisville fans and the University of Louisville had the audacity to think that they were on the same level as the University of Kentucky. And that started um, right after the year of the Cardinal. That started a concerted effort um, to destabilize, you know, the whole situation. And, and to me, um, while I don't think every bit of all these conspiracy theories is real, I think that they're definitely is a lot of smoke um and there's enough smoke to where if you can't see exactly what this is by now um then you're not trying to see it because everybody wants to say nah that wouldn't happen please 
when KSR Radio literally has little moles inside the University of Louisville that, that leaks Matt Jones every little bit of information uh, before even Louisville people have it. Uh, when we see um, so many opportunities for little small incidents and issues that become front page newsworthy. When you can have the decision to bring back your football coach get treated as a Friday afternoon news dump to one reporter with no type of clarity in the situation, no press conference, no opportunity to ask questions, the same thing that we saw with the handling of the Chris Mack situation, it is what it is. You don't like it? Tell me, give me one reason that I'm crazy. Joe Kelly, I, I want you to go first because I feel your anger and your energy, and I'm all about it this morning. Just give me your – you can say literally whatever you want. You can go macro like, like, like I did. You can go micro and just talk about the decision with Satterfield. I'm just going to leave it to you and hand you the mic. Man, there is so much to talk about here. Like I, I have notes about this. Like, I have notes like a game day, you know, a recap of, like, efficiency and stuff like that. Uh, I shouldn't have to make notes about this. This is, re- this is so absurd. And I want to first off say, anybody who follows me on Twitter, anybody who used to listen to me on radio back in the day, anybody who knows me personally knows I don't like tinfoil conspiracies in sports. They're entertaining in every other walk of life. I don't have time for them in sports, and I don't want to be – the info war of U of L media, you know, or U of L coverage. That that's that's not a good look, I don't think. And 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 if you're on Twitter, you know everybody got sauces. Everybody's talking to somebody and they've heard this and they've heard that. And I'm gonna tell you right now, if they're tweeting about it, they haven't heard a damn thing. Uh I'll I'll just put that out there. So don't listen to the chatter that also I think riles people up because there's a handful of people that'll go out there and just put that bait out there to get those likes and get those retweets and get the interactions. And and, it, and it's Fugazi. Getting back to Neely in this situation, guys, I'm sure we've all lost track of how many times I've referenced this. Rashawn's probably tired of the reference. <laughs> Haven just nods along and is like, mm-hmm, keep talking. I compare this to when Miami replaced, when they cleaned house. And if, yeah. if, you're not a Miami fan, and you didn't you didn't pay close attention to it. They hired a president who came in, and at her introductory press conference, she made it a point to, to establish, we are a private school. Our mission is to educate, not fill the NFL and the NBA. And when she said that, I said RIP to the U. And, and there hasn't been any looking back. Now, when we hired Neely, and we hired Vince, and we hired... Mac, I was, I was, I, I, look, man, they were the best hires I, I think we could have made at the time. I didn't know of any potential president at the university. I'm sorry, I'm not Tom Jurich. I don't, I don't have a three deep future president, you know, file in, in, in my Rolodex. That, that just doesn't exist. So the one thing I've said from the jump with Neely is I hope that she understands the importance of the athletic department to the fan base and more importantly to the community because the University of Louisville is a different program as we've discussed. It's tied in with the city. It's the city's pro team. It's it's the city's team. You know, and there are plenty of people that aren't that that they're U of L fans because it's the city. So 
I think the most disappointing aspect of all of this is that it, while it leaves a whole lot of room open for for speculation, you know, and for people to to say, oh, I think this is going on and that's going on. What's disappointing is that it also kind of lets us know what writing is on the wall and that she wanted to fire Mac, Vince didn't, then Vince wanted to fire the football coach, and she said, nope. This is a guy who's been exemplary. He's basically the anti-Bobby. He has been an exemplary employee. His kids are graduating. She's looking at it from the academic side of it and saying, Scott's the perfect coach. Chris signed a contract with a zero tolerance policy. He knew that. He broke he violated that. Right, wrong, or indifferent. We can argue that the rule is stupid, but the point is he did violate a rule. And I think the fact that she was so quick to crack down on him in that extreme measure, you know, those were the rumors that we heard. Now I'm I'm starting to believe they're one hundred percent true. And Joe, she let's mention the out. fact that that rule that he broke is gonna no longer be a rule as of this summer. Right. No, no, let's just, like let's just it, mention it is, that as well. It is incredibly dumb, but it's also incredibly on par with U of L getting caught doing the dumbest of things. You know, I mean, I've been saying for years, we don't cheat well, stop trying. Just go by the book, man. We can't even cut corners to hell with, cheap, with cheating. We can't cut corners. But I guess the last thing I'll say before Haven speaks on this is that this whole new regime, their entire message to the fan base, to the alumni, to the city, to the employees of U of L, has been that there will be transparency with them. This won't be like the old the old days where they move in silence and then we just find out what the paycheck is or what the new building is. This will everything will be up front. The fans will 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 be abreast of the situation. And you know, six o'clock news dump on a Friday to one reporter in town. Come on, man. That's come on. Do better. Haven, what do you got? West Palm Beach was awesome. <laughs> That's what I have. <laughs> uh, the word for the day, boys and girls, is fake juice. And right now, Louisville has a bunch of silos full of fake juice pumping throughout the campus. Because is there any juice? It's fake juice, man. I, know, I, 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 I'd say it just be about juice less. <laughs> Yeah, we ain't got no silos. We ain't got no juice in the in the, in the <laughs> silos. You know, you know, hope hope springs eternal. And and I would say this: I, I just like everybody else around town and everybody here, I, I heard the rumors about Neely wanting to fire Mac, Vince talking her out of it and talking her down, talking her down to a six game suspension. You know, Vince wanted to fire. Um, Crack, almost come crack door. See, there you go. I know, right? Step of the tongue, or was it? Uh, <laughs> Satterfield and Neely just overriding him, say, no, no, look, you can't fire Satterfield. And he's like, dude, Brom has indicated that he's ready to come. We have boosters to go ahead and foot the bill. The whole fan base would be happy. Why do you want sat here when apparently, like, he has lost all respect of the fans. His job is going to be infinitely more difficult. Um, dude, it's, 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 it's time to make that move. And it, it didn't happen. And then 
An hour later, we find out Vince Tyree is up for the job for that for director at FSU, which makes sense because, you know, if, if, if you can't make decisions as an athletic director with your football and basketball coach, then why would you want to be an athletic director? I mean, those are the two main sports. I mean, if, if you can't right. call the shots, then why be here? Why not just let somebody else be here? The University of Louisville president's job is not to stick their nose into athletics. The athletic department is run by the athletic director. That's first of all. Can, can, can we at least agree to, the, to that? The yep. university president's job is, is not to get involved in athletics. That can I can I say this though? It, it, and this is the one thing, man. And I, gosh, guys, I can't believe I'm saying this because this is showing that I'm being like reasonable and an adult, and I don't do that stuff. Y'all know me. <laughs> I kind of, I going into this, I I said, man. Fans and employees of Neely Bendapudi may be in for a real rude awakening. Because if this woman recognizes the seriousness of the, of the situation, the attitude going in is the only reason why the three of us are here is because the last crew of exceptional people really screwed up bad. And if they can get taken out, I'm not leaving anything up for chance. We are going to be by the book, by the book, by the book, and then you com- and then you compound that with she's from the academic side. There's no love loss. Hey, you know what? None at all. I'm gonna I'm gonna let Bob Marley talk to y'all for a hot little second. You're listening to Wake Up Five O Two. Rashawn Haven Joe taking care of you. Get up, stand up. We're gonna tell you exactly what needs to happen now. If you want to get in, 502-414-1450, the Thorns text line, 384-1450 is the call-in line. We'll take your calls next. Hey, this is Rashawn, and we'll be back on Big X Sports Radio. Welcome back, welcome back, wake up 502, wake up 502, wake up 502, what's going down, your boy Rashawn Myers, segment number two of hour number one, it is going down, and hey, we ain't going to take this mess sitting down, people, best believe it's not going to happen, I'm riding with you, I'm a fan first, I've been a fan a long time, and you know what? It's time to speak truth on the airways. And I don't care if it sounds ridiculous. I don't care about Big Blue Nation wanting to roll their eyes. There was a lot of celebration uh, within the Blue Faction fellas uh, yesterday over this decision. So if that tells you something, that lets you know that they understand 
how great a day it was. And you know what? I, I do want to say one thing before we get into the nuts and bolts of what needs to happen uh, from here. Um, I'm going to say this. A, and we've talked about it, and, and, and I um, love and appreciate um, the perspective uh, that we have, um, that we have in this iteration of Wake Up 502, um, as well as all the great conversations that we've continued to have over the years um, on the Main Event Sports Show. Um, we know who and what Scott Satterfield is as, as a coach. And I'm going to say this. <laughs> Scott Satterfield is not a bad coach. We talked about this. He's a good coach. He, he's a good coach. Um, he is a coach that um, has some shortcomings, and and I believe that he is a 6-6 six and six to 8-4 and four coach. And I think that's who he is. He'll all, and, and we talked about it, Haven. He'll never be bad enough to – fire if all you're looking for is a nice guy and have your program going to low level to mid-level bowl games and, and that's who he is as a coach like I, I fully believe that him coming back next year I have no doubt he'll win seven games absolutely with our schedule he should yeah he'll win seven games he'll get you to seven hey he may even get you to eight but the thing about Scott Satterfield is he's never going to get you to that next level and, and and if you're a Louisville football fan, that's the thing that's dangerous. But I, I say all that to say that this isn't about Scott Satterfield. Like like that, that's the thing. It's like Scott Satterfield is almost like um, just a tool. Like he's he's being used right now. He's being used by um, people and, and a, a front office that obviously does not have um, the best interests of the university at hand. That's not to say that Scott, that, you know, it isn't good somewhere, but he's not the guy for this job. But you know what? That's fine. You, that, that, that they want to do that. That's fine. But let me tell you what, what needs to happen. And this, this is my personal opinion, and then you guys can give me your thoughts on it. If I'm a Louisville fan, you know, I'm going to do this. I've seen a lot of big big boosters and big donors that are very upset uh, with what's going on right now. In my opinion, that next football season, the cash cow for this university, the big money maker, even though the, the basketball program is a, is a big time um, draw as well, um, but if I'm a, for anybody who supports football at all, I don't give them a damn dime next year. Nope. I don't give them anything. Don't give them anything. Like if guys like uh, you know the, the the Blue Family and 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 all these these super um, big time donors that we have, I wouldn't give them a damn thing. And you know what? Even if these you, you want to call them sleeper cells, you want to call them uh, Manchurian candidates, you want to call them uh, double agents, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> Whatever you want to call them, guess what? At some point, that money start, stops coming in, there will be moves made. And either they're going to get their stuff together, and I didn't want to say stuff, but I'll say stuff. They could, they're either going to get their stuff together, or they will be replaced. Because how you make change, you hurt them in the pocketbook. Haven, am I wrong? It started to happen this year. It's a start that happened this year, and they had to engineer ways to get people to the game. So, like, we had to retire to the Clemson game. Yeah, like, like, like we had to retire to Lamar Clemson. Jackson's jersey at halftime to bring people to the game, right? And then yep. the next mm -hmm. game, the next thing was we need everybody to show up to the game because we're having our best recruiting day, 
and we have to show for the recruits. So show up to the game for the recruits <clears throat> because the writing was on the wall. U of L fans are already kind of slow back their attendance in football. And we saw the same thing the Cragthorpe years, right? Like Cragthorpe was like last two and a half years here. Attendance has fallen off a cliff. And this last year, it was, it was empty. I mean, we were there for every game. And, and the stadium was empty because people was like, no, nah, we're done. And next year, it's going to be even worse. It's going to be even worse. I mean, they're trying to figure out how they can make this better. So the rumors are, and I'm sure everybody knows already, but the rumors are they're trying to, to get Randy Shannon in as your defensive coordinator. I've heard that. <laughs> right? Now, Randy <laughs> Shannon, is a, he's, he's a pretty good defensive coordinator, but what he really brings you is all that recruiting from South Florida. As a former Miami player, as a former Miami head coach. He had Teddy Bridgewater committed before he came to Louisville. Yeah. He has all those ties to South Florida. So that's like throwing – they're trying to throw every bone they can at the Louisville fan base. Look, we're going to try to get Miami players again. We're going to South Florida players again. We're going to get you a big-name defensive coordinator. We're going to add more people to the staff. We're going to increase the recruiting budget. Yeah, we know recruiting is, has, has, has sucked, and we're going to try to make it better. And they're throwing every bone they can – to kind of keep anybody's interest as possible. And I'm not sure that there's enough hype in the world. I mean, if we hire Don King, <laughs> Floyd Mayweather. Only in America. That's right. To come down here and to hype up Louisville's football season, I'm not sure that you can really hype up that season enough because the facts are, yes, I've said this before, Scott Satterfield, I believe Scott Satterfield is a good coach. But because he spent the first two years recruiting smaller, faster players, and now he's trying to change course to get, like, your bigger, stronger, faster players, that takes time. And are you willing to give Scott another two, two and a half, three years to course correct? See, Behaven, you're looking at this from a very X's and O's. Yes. You're giving it a very reasonable – That is very X's and O's, but honestly – Yeah. But, you know, that's very X and O's. But the truth of the matter is, when it comes to big games, Ole Miss, we weren't prepared. Yeah. Yeah, we, we scored points in the second half. But that's because Ole Miss is like had their second, third string in. And they took their foot off the gas. But we, we understand this. Like, 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 like we talked about, fellas, like this is, this is year three, okay? The and guy is set. I, and, and I'm going to say this, okay? I'm sorry that Scott's father passed away. The man, you know, he had been sick for a good while. Um, everybody knew it was coming. Unfortunately, it happened before he could get back home uh, and the season was able to end. And I hate that for him. But guess what? That didn't have a damn thing to do with that game plan that he put out there to prepare for UK on last Saturday. Hold up. There's a game plan. Yeah, the game plan was to be scared, be meek, be a meek, little scared, little mouse. And that's who Scott Satterfield is. He's a very smart, intelligent Bright head coach, but he's a meek little coach. He's a meek little man. He's afraid of his own shadow. And anytime he sees a big name across that chest or somebody who bullies him, like Big Bully Kentucky, Mark Stoops, he turtles up and becomes ultra-conservative guy. And the game plans that he put out there against Syracuse and against Duke, those were ultra-aggressive game plans. You know why? He felt like he could whoop their tails. So he was aggressive, and he did everything that all the fans wanted and did that. But guess what? As soon as he saw that Kentucky, run away. 
Hide! And, and the sad part about it is, like, for most Louisville fans, you didn't have to beat Kentucky. Like, a lot of people didn't expect you to really win that game. But they did expect you to be competitive. Punch! Yeah. They Punch! Stop getting punched in the face! Yeah, they expect you to be competitive. And you weren't – I mean, yes, you guys traded touchdowns, right? And then you're thinking to yourself, okay – our defense may not be able to stop Kentucky. They're a little bit stronger, bigger, whatever. No, whatever, it wasn't whatever, about whatever. being bigger and stronger. They only rushed three or four guys, Haven. They were rushing five, six, seven guys against Syracuse. Five, six, seven guys against Duke. Don't say bigger. See, this is the one thing about last week's game that I'm not going to listen to. What's that? Is that Kentucky has just got so much damn talent that Louisville just got manhandled. Yeah. That is complete and total garbage. It's not garbage. It's absolutely garbage. It's not and I'm gonna tell you why. They got steamrolled. No, that that's because they stood there and got punched in the face. And couldn't punch if back. You, no, they didn't try. No See, heart. No, no, no. There's See this no heart. Oh, no, team. I, I agree no with heart. you. But let me tell you something. They didn't try to punch. And this is my point. They didn't try to punch. See, this is the thing. You can't say, you know what, they just had better guys. They had better. That athlete conversation that I've been listening to all week is garbage. Because you know why? They did not even try. I've told my son, if you're going to go out there, you got to go out there and put your best effort. Because if you go out there and you half-ass it and you don't try, you'll never know what you can do. Louisville went out there on that football field, and they did not try. They did not give an effort, and that is reflected by the leadership. They went out there with a passive, conservative, scared game plan, and it manifested itself on the field. That's what happened. So, wow. Now, I'll agree with you. Yeah. Okay. Kentucky's got a few more guys that had – a higher star rating, but guess what, Haven? It was a star, but that guy's with it. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. They're not 35. It doesn't, they're not that much better. Apparently they are. No, they're not. Apparently they are. Okay, first of all, no, 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 they're not. Because it's, it's not about the players. See, you're missing the point. This is what people always want to go to because it's a very easy assumption and solution is that, oh, they just got better players. Oh, they're just too bigger and stronger and faster. Louisville went out there and played Clemson, who has more four and five stars in the last year than Kentucky's had in their whole roster for their history. And Louisville played that team to two yards, a first down, and an opportunity to win. But when it came time to okay, put, okay, but, 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 that, but, that, but that, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, but that was that was bad play calling. That was bad play calling. It wasn't about it wasn't about not having enough players. It was dumbass play calling. That's different. Okay. That's what lost in the game. It wasn't talent. And if you can play Clemson to that, you don't go out there at home and lose like that. That was meekness. It was scared. It was afraid. And that is why they lost like that. Yes, you're right. They could have lost the game. But you shouldn't lose like that. Hey, guys. You, You know what I just heard in that back and forth exchange? Mark Stoops punked us so hard, y'all got distracted from the task at hand, which is what in the hell is our president doing, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. I absolutely. Am terrified at the moment, gentlemen. That right there, that was a great segue, man. And, and for the listeners, no, this was not planned. 
But see, that's exactly what I'm worried about with the fan base is that we talk about this uh, guy that writes for Florida State, but I uh, can't think of his name at the moment. Uh, just escape me. But Bud has an old saying about, you know, you can lose games, but you can't be boring and lose. And that, that goes for coaches. For fan bases, you can be pissed off or you can be excited, and that's fine. But you know the one thing that gets scary? When they become apathetic and complacent. And they don't even, they're not even, they're just so worked up all the time over, over this program or, or this team that they can't even stay focused on what they're angry about. Because each week gives us a new hurdle to, to try to try to jump over. Absolutely. And and what happened right there is exactly what I worry about with our fan base in general is that we start off arguing about subject A, and twenty minutes later we're already on to subject Z. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that's because that UK game was a whole microcosm of Scott Satterfield's three years here. So like Rashawn's arguing that yeah. we were soft. And that costs the game, the game plan, the coaching. You know, we, we weren't aggressive as we were against weaker schools, which is all true. But conversely, what's also true is that when you look at the game, they were just so much bigger. And it was obvious Kentucky was bigger at every position than we were, number one. Number two, their players from the transfer portal came from teams like LSU and big-name programs. They're all right, bigger, stronger, faster with other, you know, what. They came from, you know, schools with good assistant coaching and things of that nature. Like their four top players are all transfers out of the portal, right? <clears throat> and they've all been just stars on the team. Same with same thing with our transfer portals. You know, we had, with Keytrail Clark, you know. And but what what you see there is the 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 whole Scott Satterfield tenure, like the smaller, quicker guys. The guys with chips on their shoulders, the diamonds in the rough. Yeah, all that sounds good. All that sounds great. But when it comes time to get that two yards to line up and to push somebody for two yards, yeah, you know what? That smaller lineup, yeah, it, do- it doesn't work that well. And you back that up with passive coaching, and it, it, it just flames out in disaster. And that's what you see here. And, you know, Rashawn's right. And we've said this several times. Scott Satterfield, he's a good coach. But if you just want a 6-6 six and six to 8-4 and four program every year, if you want to be Wake Forest, and then you have to wait till the ACC is down and bad before you can be good, then Scott mm-hmm. Satterfield's your guy. <laughs> he's your guy because he's Wake Forest. If you I like mean, mayonnaise sandwiches yes. on white bread. If you like raisins, <laughs> <laughs> he's caring. If you no, love anyway. prunes. <laughs> <laughs> if you like, no, no, if you like I mean, to stay regular, you, know, you all described him. You all described him earlier, and and the best the best title for the, for the, his approach to coaching, and I think it was I, I'm not sure who said it, but it, the comment that if you want to win six to eight games and have a great face for your program, who will never get you in trouble, Scott Satterfield's your guy. Well, what y'all just explain or described to me is a caretaker, not a coach. Like you're a groundskeeper. He's Ned Flanders. You keep the play. Yeah. Fellas, guess what? I love that passion. I love that energy. And I want to hear that passion and, and our energy from our listeners. 414-1450. Give us a text in. Give us your thoughts on. You can give a football program. You see, we got completely got, got pulled into that Kentucky game just because it's just so 
ridiculous what happened. But if you want to talk about that, you want to talk about the president, you want to talk about what needs to happen, I need solutions. That's what I want this morning. I want solutions to the problem that is UofL athletics right now and the powers that be that are putting a concerted effort into making no one care at all. Hey, this is Rashawn Myers. Wake up 502, and we'll be right back on Big X Sports Radio. Welcome back. Welcome back in. Wake up 502 is going down with your boy Rashawn Myers here taking care of you this morning. Haven Joe is fellas. You know what? It's it's a revolutionary Saturday, man. Like I I, I feel it in my spirit. I feel it in my soul. I, I see what's happening and I, I can't help but try to rile up uh, the troops. And, and, and this is a time where we need to be loud. We need to be heard. We need to be expressive. You cannot allow yourself to get lulled into that sense of complacency, that sense of being okay with it. Because what they will do is they will continue to shovel you crap until you just sit there and take it. So you cannot accept the crap. Do not do it. Do not do it to yourself. Continue to talk about it. Continue to, to, to bloviate on the airwaves. People want to call you crazy. People want to call you conspiracy theories. People want to call you um, spoiled, whatever. Do not fall for the banana in the tailpipe, people. It's happening right now. Hey, man, you, you got to say that with a little more bass in your voice. John, <laughs> I ain't going to fall for no more. I ain't going to fall for no banana in the tailpipe. Hey, my man Reggie Hammond. Nah, hey, <laughs> hey, but seriously? your point and this is uh, this is me being 100 percent serious don't ever let anybody on this earth tell you personally how to fan and if you want to get on the on social media and you want your you want to air your grievances don't let other people tell you how to tweet buddy do your thing man that's your twitter account and people that want to laugh at that folks down in knoxville got greg shiano all the way the hell up out of there before he even touched down yeah. So I'm not saying that that our administration respects our fan base's wishes at the same level the folks down in Knoxville did. Oh, obviously. But when, <laughs> but but when folks got their thumbs working down in Knoxville and in the state of Tennessee, the the whole the whole thing came unraveled. Yeah, that's no, a good point. No, most definitely, and like I said, the same thing with, with Crackthorpe's last year. Tom did everything in his power to prop up Crackthorpe. Everything in his power to pop up the prop up crack door. He threw Brahma at the bus, the whole first family U of L. 
you got you know try to get new coaches in here, try to hold. Look at all these new recruits we got coming in. It's going great. Yeah, it's and funny. Eventually, that when the, when the, they when did the, that this week. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> before the uh, before the news dump on Friday. Wow, we got a new tight end. We flipped a guy from Georgia Tech. A guy yeah. that Georgia Tech was trying to get rid of <laughs> because they wanted to get somebody who they thought could actually impact the game. Yay! I mean, it's just now to me what I want to see. Well, not what I want to see. What I think is going to be interesting is what U of L does now to try to prop up the football team going to next Ooh. season to try to keep the hype up because y'all know that Sat hates the spring game. So my I was about guess, to say the spring game. <laughs> my, my first guess is the spring game is going to be back on and better than ever with fireworks and popcorn. Blue, balloon animals. <laughs> I'm not say we might have a Ferris wheel out there. <laughs> I, think, I think that's going to be the first what thing. They need, here's, Free hot dogs, people. Look, here's what they need to do, Haven. You want to you know how, they, how they, they just light a fire under the, under the fan hood and they don't even have to do any work? They need to just partner with one of the Catholic churches like St. Joe's and be like, why don't y'all do your all's picnic down here this year? Do it at the same time as the spring game. We won't even tell anybody. <laughs> uh, you know, go get your gamble and you go get your gamble on and win a couple of cases. Your penny games, walk, yeah. You know? There you go. I mean, yeah. It's gonna have to be something because the fan base, I don't think you can bring in enough super big name assistant coaches. World's largest fish fry at Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. Sta- <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, though, I, I don't think you can bring in enough high-level coaches to prop this thing up. I mean, I just don't. I mean, mm-hmm. unless they hit this transfer portal, like, really hard, and they start bringing in, like, former four- and five-star defensive linemen that left Oklahoma that are leaving Notre Dame and all these other schools, I still don't think that's going to be enough. Truthfully, Haven, I don't even think it would matter. Because, that's what I'm saying. I don't and, think it's and, and the, but it's, it's not about the talent. Like I said, if, if you have a team that doesn't have any confidence and you're not going out there and you're not playing aggressive and you don't believe in yourself or um, you know, you're reflecting the, 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 the scared nature and meekness of the head coach um, via the game plan, like it doesn't matter who you get in. It doesn't matter how big and strong you are. Like I've seen teams at Florida State that have bad coaching and they have five, more five stars than anybody, and they go out there and look crap. Um, like the current I, I mean, Florida I, State I, team. I, I've seen this. I've seen uh, you know F- Notre Dame. Like like see, and, and that's why I get so annoyed with the the talent argument is because the the problem with Louisville is not the talent, and, and th- I always feel like the players um, tend to get way more of the blame and then when they're playing well it's how great look at how great the coach is and, and, and I feel like that's one thing that happens way too much because it's lazy and it's easy um, to, to blame the players and just say you're just not good enough when I don't feel like they're bu- being put in a position to succeed um, I, I see some of that uh, with the basketball program uh, right now not necessarily um, putting that on Chris Mack but I, I think that uh, guys are not being put in the best position to do well and I think oh, I mean, that, he, I mean, that he, he definitely put on I, Chris Mack I, I, I think well I, I think he's he's only been back one game uh, you know I'm, so no, I'm, well I'm, I'm, not, I'm just not talking about this season um, I mean he's been here for a couple of years no but I, I thought he's done well I've done I thought he's done a good job every year he's been here um, I, like I, I don't have any issue um, with, with what he's done so far but I just say that just from the early season I think that guys have not, not necessarily been put in the best position to succeed so when what I say all that to say that um, if you don't have players that that are being given um, a healthy mindset 
uh, and, and a type of mindset that you need to succeed and you're not being put in your best position um, to uh, have good things happen for you, you're not going to play well. You're not going to do well. And, and that's the, the thing that I see. So, I mean, that like, like I said, I, I'm just not big into the whole talent argument because I, I remember when Bobby P was here the first year and Louisville was getting no stars, two stars, and low three stars. And guess what? Every time that Saturday came around, I don't give a care if it was Miami. I don't give a care of whatever team it is, I knew going into that game we had something for them because I, we had players that were confident. We had players that were aggressive. We had players that were going to be put in the, the perfect position to be able to make things happen, and we were going to go out there, boss the wall, and give it everything we had. And, and that's what Louisville does not have. And, and that's all about mentality. That's all about schematic game planning. And that's all about getting your players into the right spot and right position mentally to go out there and make things happen. If you don't give juice to your team and you don't give juice um, and, and belief and confidence into those guys, and then on top of that, put them in the best position to do what they do well. It doesn't matter who you get. I don't get. I, I you know, the, the people talk about this. Uh, Tafik Thomas, uh, you know, this this big defensive lineman that Louisville has committed out of Florida, big three hundred thirty, three hundred forty pound guy. Um, that's nice, but I like I said, I've seen Alabama teams, uh, you know, before Nick Saban that had monsters, mammoths uh, of men on the line, and they got pushed around. You know why? Because they didn't get that fire put in their bellies. They didn't get put in the best position to do what they do well. Recruiting is not going to fix this problem. It's not a recruiting problem. It's a mentality problem. And, and, and that's, that's the thing that well, see, I, would I feel. Both. I'm sorry? So I would say it's both. I can't say that until I see them being put in the right position. Because I've seen when they get, go out there and play well, that they can have success. I saw a team that against a much bigger, quote-unquote, faster, stronger Ole Miss team that when they went out there and said, you know what, we're losing the game, let's just go out there and at least be aggressive and try to make something happen. They, they had success. So I, I can't – I'm not going to go to that argument because I'm not seeing them put in the best position. If, if they're being put in the best position and a team gives it everything they have but they just didn't have enough, like usually if it's a talent situation, you have a team that's competing – either in the game, leading the game, but guess what? They get a little tired in the fourth quarter and they lose. That's not what's happening right now. And, and that's my point is that right, – so um, That's happened a couple of times this season where you're leading the game and get to fourth quarter. Yeah, but that's because we went to a three-man rush and, and stood back. But that, that wasn't about talent. That wasn't about guys not being bigger, stronger, fat. No, that was because literally you go to a prevent defense and allow a team to go up and down the field. Once again, mentality, coaching, being put in position to win, and that's my problem. Talent, I have not seen talent go out there and lose Louisville games. I've seen game plans go out there and lose Louisville games, and game plans go out there and put them in a horrible position to succeed. I've seen a game plan where you get into the red zone, and your coach is bound and damn determined last year and first year to only give the ball um, uh, to uh, what, what's the little wide receiver with the Rams now? Um, Tutu. Tutu Atwell. Tutu. And you just want to throw it to him every time. This year, I see a coach that gets into the red zone, and all you want to do is give the ball, uh, let Malik run, and let Malik get all the glory. And Malik misses guys for wide-open touchdowns because you're trying to get him in the end zone. Those are the things that I'm talking about. That's not that has nothing to do with talent. That has to do with everything with game planning, positioning, and you know the signals of a guy who's not um, ready uh, for this level of football. Uh, and, and you know that that's my point. And you know what my next point is? 
It's 10 o'clock, people. Let's go ahead, hit this top of the hour break. When we get back, we're going to continue to talk about that. We're going to talk about any of your text, tweets, 414-1450, the Thornton's text line. Give us a call, 384-1450 is the call-in line. And guess what? We're going to continue to fight the power. Neely, we ain't forgot about you. We're going to get right back at you, too, sister girl. Hey, this is Wake Up 502. Rashawn, and we'll be back on Big Exports Radio. Observation continue to serve you well. But wait! It is to Madame Justice that I dedicate this concerto in honor of the holiday she seems to have taken from these parts and in recognition of the imposter that stands in her stead. Tell me, do you know what day it is, Evie? Um, November the 4th. Not anymore. Remember, remember the 5th of November, the gunpowder, treason, and plot. I know of no reason why the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. First, the overture. Yes. Yes, the strings. Listen carefully, can you hear it? Now the brass. I can hear it. Welcome back in. Welcome back in. Wake up 502. Hour number two. Can you feel it, people? Can you feel the revolution coming? Can you feel it? It's going down. V for Vendetta once again, man. Great movie. Awesome movie. Natalie Portman uh, did an awesome job in the movie. Uh, v was the, uh, the the primary character in the movie. Uh, I, I love him. He, he gave some great speeches. It was deep. It was deep. It was deep. Uh, but we, we're we going to get he right back. the bad guy in the Matrix. Yeah, I'm telling you. He I'm the tell- bad guy from the Matrix. Yeah, if, if you notice That's the funny. voice. Yeah, if, if, if you notice the voice, it was the same guy. Mr. Mr. Anderson. <laughs> yes, yes. Absolutely. That's hilarious. That's awesome. <laughs> but, fellas, we're going to get right back into it, man. And, and you know, me, me and Haven be up there fussing and arguing during the breaks. Like, it's, it's so hilarious. I Like, we need to go ahead and just set the camera up because we, like, trust me, like, people, everything that, that you get on this show from myself, Haven, and Joe um, is completely authentic. Like, like the thing that I, I almost intentionally, like, Haven likes to send me little messages like, hey, man, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to do? Let's go ahead and set up the game plan. I be like, no. No, no, no. I, I don't want. I don't even want to talk because I I know that you fellas are always going to give me very interesting insights, and I want it live, raw, and uncut on the airwaves because we've been doing this long enough to where, like, we can literally just sit down and start a radio show at any point, anywhere, anytime, and it be damn good. Uh, so I almost intentionally don't want to talk Drop about a it. Drop You know exactly. <laughs> you feel me? Because like I want to get you all just. 
pure, visceral reactions and responses. Uh, and, and with something like this today, um, it's very apropos. I, I feel like it's very much needed. Um, but Because what happens next? Um, I'll tell you what happens next. That, that, that's what I want to know. Yes, sir. Louisville fans right now are scared, are very scared, and they should be, because we tried and we strive too hard to become Wake Forest, and that's what we see. We see us become a Wake Forest. Every 19, 20 years, when the ACC is trash, we can be good again. <laughs> and nobody wants that. No, we've always prided ourselves as being the up-and-coming program. We're going to win the national championship and let's get that national the championship. The only variable is time. That's right. And that's what we live by. And now we're looking at a team as like, okay, we're about to be Wake Forest, North Carolina. No, that's, that's not what we want. That's number one. And number two, what may, actually, what may actually compound this whole situation and make it worse is if we don't have the basketball season we think we should be able to have with the talent we have on the roster. If for some reason we have like a mediocre season, oh my lord! Oh, the the hopes and dreams and wishes of the Louisville fan base are will be squarely dashed. on Chris Mack's oh it is uh, beautiful bald dome <laughs> right now. I mean, it, it is. And if, if we have a mediocre season, there's nothing, nothing. I don't think you can do to resurrect a football program. It'll be friends and family night. Every day <laughs> at Cardinal Stadium. I don't care. They're going to start giving the free tickets away on Crittenden again like I, they used to? I don't care who you bring in, what type of halftime act or whose jersey you're going to retire, how many times you can fly Lamar in. It's not, You have Lamar and Teddy here. Look, everybody, time. it's Tendai Cherisica. Oh, <laughs> God, Haven. Now, I, now I'm just picturing, like, U of L trying to re- wheel in sick kids to fill in seats. They're like – Hey, here's a free ticket, and they're like, I'm already dying. Don't make me do this, sir. <laughs> Don't make it worse. <laughs> I, mean, I just want to play my Xbox One. <laughs> only to get tossed up by UK again at this time in Lexington. Ooh. I mean, yeah. no, I mean, it's just like, no, it's just, no. It's going to be horrible. If Chris Mack does not, <laughs> if he has a mediocre season or something happens or injuries befell the team or whatever, Mm-hmm. And we just make the tournament, and we get bounced like the second day. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, because like the, there's a, a lot more, and and see, this is what I'm talking about with just the getting your responses on the air because it just completely sends me down a completely different rabbit hole of just now how imp- it, it is so interesting to me that the basketball team was already had a lot of pressure because everybody feels like there's a um a suspension or a um, forfeiture of a play of a postseason coming next year so there was already stress and pressure because of that but when you look at the nuclear winter that's going on with the football program right now at least that's the way people feel now that you add to that that pressure of we need something to feel good about. We need something that we can wrap our arms around. Like this basketball season has now become everything. It is everything because if, if yeah, it doesn't do happen. It we're a basketball school again, Haven. If we are. Yes. But you know what? But here's the thing. If, if it doesn't happen, then the snowball effect is just going to be gargantuan because it's going to roll over to football season. And then it's going to roll back over to basketball season again next year. And there's going to be even more pressure. Well, I, th- I think that's why there was such a, bi- a visceral reaction. And, Joe, you can tell me what you thought. Like, I felt like 
Um, there was a lot of good things to take out of, of the basketball game uh, that was played where Louisville lost in the uh, Big Ten ACC Challenge uh, versus uh, Michigan State on Wednesday, a, a game on the road versus a top 25 Michigan State team. I thought that Louisville definitely didn't play their best, but, you know, uh, on the road, a very good team, a team that was extremely hot for the 10 of 18 threes. Um, and Louisville only lost the game by nine points, and they played horribly. Uh, this is a game that, you know, I've seen Rick Patino coach teams. I've seen Coach Mack coach teams that would have lost that game by 15, 20, 25 points. Team lost by nine and had an opportunity um, to get back Only in Diddy there. Only Diddy Crumb could have pulled um, that out. But like, it, well, no, I, I, I felt like as bad as Louisville played and as well as Michigan State played, Louisville should have lost by a whole lot more than the nine points that ended up being the ultimate, um, you know, final score. So I thought there was a lot to take out of it. But, like, the reaction – it was horrible, and I feel like it's the football stress. Joe, am I crazy? Oh, it's absolutely it's absolutely the football stress because any other year nobody would be tripping over losing at home to Tom Izzo in December. Nobody by single digits, especially in a game where they trailed by twenty and could have got could have got boat raced. Yeah, they hung in there. They showed us some things that that definitely can be built upon. But I didn't call in. I, I didn't join y'all this morning to be happy and in a good mood. I'm going to drop a grenade real quick and let y'all talk fast. <laughs> yes. So let's talk about the the long term effects of not making a coaching change if we feel like we're dead in the water and this is the ceiling that we have with Scott Satterfield. Okay, Absolutely. something that I have not seen a single fan of U of L comment on. Maybe it's because we're just so still reeling off the feeling of getting in the ACC. Guys, my first thought when the when the chatter about Oklahoma and Texas are jumping to the SEC is the nightmare is really not over. If Clemson and Florida State go and join SEC and make it the super conference, you know, like some people have speculated on, or if they jump somewhere else, point is, Louisville could still get trapped in a bad conference. There's nothing promising us that the ACC will still be here if the SEC continues to cherry pick. So that's kind of the wrong time to be on the decline, you know? Oh, we yeah. got into the ACC because of because of the performances and the teams that we had under Charlie Strong, along with the resume that had been built up to that point. That Don't is a wrong. scary proposition. No. But had we not been an entertaining program with a Teddy Bridgewater caliber quarterback, I don't know that we get that call. I don't know that we get that call over Cincinnati. I don't know that UConn can't flex enough of that Bristol, you know, muscle. To make it happen for them, I really I I don't know. But if we get back into conference realignment and our football team is at best five hundred, we're getting left out in the cold all over again. And I can't even I don't want to fathom that personally as a fan. And I can't even imagine what would happen to our fan base having. I mean, that is the epitome of having the rug pulled out underneath your feet, right? Oh, that's that's that that's like worst case DefCon five scenario. But to me. That's what I'm here for, yeah. baby. Grenade, <laughs> walk away. But but to me, the 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 more pertinent situation I think could really happen, and this is something Cardinal fans are staring at right now, is that right now we see this coaching carousel, right? And we see USC go ahead and grab Oklahoma's coach, LSU go ahead and grab Brian Kelly from what should have been a destination school, Notre Dame, right? And these guys are getting unreal money. I mean, like, hey, I'm Irish fake Catholic. accents at I'm all. I'm Irish Catholic. <laughs> I'm Irish Catholic, man. It's no destination at all. There you go. <laughs> but 
But the thing Zero is, destination. But the money that's being thrown out there, even guys like Melvin Tucker at Michigan State, good God almighty, <laughs> like $10 million a year to coach football at Michigan State. After getting tossed up by Michigan, <laughs> they still signed that contract. <laughs> they signed it happily. You know, you know, look at the money being thrown around and how you can lure top-tier coaches. And then you look at what we're, what we're dealing with right now. And now you're saying to yourself, there's no way in the world Louisville can compete at that level to get coaches. At one point, you would thought that, you, you know what, we're the same level football-wise as Michigan State. We're the same level football-wise as Iowa, Iowa State, Nebraska, and some of these other, you know, name programs. But, you know, we, you know, we're right up there with them, with wins, with BCS Bowl wins, what would have been, you know, BCS Bowl games, whatever. We're right up there, winning percentage to, for the past 20 years. We're right up there with them. But now you can really see the decline set in, and it's setting in fast because you know we can't compete monetarily to get that next-level coach. Oh, we just can't do it. We, we don't have the boosters. The fan base isn't there. The money's not there. We just don't have it. And now with looking at Satterfield for another how many years he's going to be here, it's just become apparent. And now you realize that our dream of getting that top-tier coach may not happen. And if somebody decides to grab Brom from Purdue, whoever L fan wants, there's no way we can afford that his next move. I mean, we can barely afford this move now. But that next move, no, it's over. And that's what you see. Like You have the opportunity right now to grab the guy you want. He's willing to come. You can get him for a price. you got the boosters right now to make it happen, and you can't pull the trigger. So now you wait. And now you don't know how long you're going to wait and if you're going to miss that train, if you're going to miss that window, and then what's next because you can't afford what's next. So so let me ask you all, because everybody at this point, everybody hates Chris. Uh, I mean, everybody hates Scott. <laughs> and but see, I don't hate Scott. Everybody hates Scott, Haven. No. Everybody hates Scott. Yes. Everybody, everybody besides me hates Scott. Scott hates being here. Everybody hates Scott. Now everybody hates Neely and everybody hates Vince. Um, do you think there's any thought? Now, this is one, one of the things, you know, everybody, I always tell everybody, I, I listen to sports radio uh, That's incessantly. All That's all, all the time. Um, and, and one of the interesting things I heard last night um, was. Uh, do you think that Scott Satterfield, because we, we already know that he was not the most comfortable here. Um, he didn't necessarily like everything that went on with the, the summer of social justice uh, last year. Um, and we know that. And we know that he looked at for that quick out to, to basically try to sell himself to, to South Carolina. Uh, they didn't take. Um, like let's, with this, hold up, let's, let's be fair. Let, let's be fair because I think I've been one of the most critical of him in, in that aspect. Yes, I don't know that he wasn't okay with it. I think he was incredibly uncomfortable by it. I think that was his "you hit the city" moment. You know, the light. Yeah. I think that was the moment he realized the lights are a little brighter around here. Yeah. No, absolutely. I don't uh, want to say. I don't want to say he didn't like it. You know, you know what I mean? Because that. I don't know. I feel, I feel like, like I, I feel like his whole mentality. His issue was a. I don't think I think he's a very Boone, North Carolina guy. I think that the city life for mm-hmm. him is not uh, what he likes, and I feel like that whole social justice uh, movement thing was not something that he really felt like he signed up for. He just wanted to come here and coach football. I, I just think that it's yep. just not a good fit for him 
socially, uh, and I, I, I just think that he's, he's uncomfortable here. My question is this. Um, do you think that with everything that's going on and this new, these new revelations that are coming out daily, which I think is going to make his job even harder and you know, filling a stadium just about impossible, um, do you think that he may be looking again to try to find one of these open jobs and, and move on? Well, here's the thing. Now the revelation came out that his dad was ill for an entire year before he passed. It, see, now that makes a South Carolina like, want to go back to South Carolina. That makes sense now. Besides, yeah. want to get out of Kentucky, so you want to be close to your family. I, I you know, you want to be close to your parents because he mentioned. I think in the press conference he mentioned like his mom's parents specifically, but that was, was kind of a vague reference. Right. See, now that all that kind of makes sense now, and I can kind of okay. I, I, I'm not going to give you a pass. But it makes sense. I think if you would have told people, like, yeah, you know, my dad's ill and I, I looked at going to South Carolina, I think everybody would have been like, uh, uh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, you should, it makes sense now. But nobody knew. And, it, and, and I, understand, I understand my privacy. I, I get that completely. I, I get that 100% completely. You want, you want to have your private time with your family. I understand completely. Um, but, man, with the heat coming down, some things that would help you as a coach, connect with your fan base. You know what I'm saying? And make you look human. Make yeah. you look human. And people can connect with you. And then his lease would have been a lot longer than it is now. Now it's to the point that nobody cares. No one cares. No, nobody all. cares now. And, and if you if you go someplace else, nobody cares. And that's the thing. Like nobody cares at this no, point. No, well, which bye. is worse? Yeah, which is worse? It's like, oh, you're leaving? Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> good. Hey, and you know what, fellas? I, I know we're hitting this next break because I'm I, I am a soothsayer and I can see into the future. I'm going to give you a future glimpse into what Scott Satterfield's life is going to be like on the football in the football stadium next year. And I got him right in the... Uh-oh. Hi, uh, Flanders. Well, cat. Do you have a problem with the way I'm coaching? No, 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 no. It's just that, well, like I was yelling earlier, it seems like anyone with half a brain could coach better than you. Uh-huh. Half a brain, huh? Well, you know what? It sounds like you just volunteered.
Welcome back. Welcome back. Wake up, 502 Haven. I like that little ha 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 in the background. That's, that's, that's nice. That's very nice. But uh, bringing you back with a little bit of uh, Grandmaster Flash because, you know what, it does seem like it's a jungle sometimes. And right now, Louisville is going under. The whole athletic department Dude, is going under right now. We are the Titanic. Man. At the end, uh, when, the, when the ship splits in half. And the band is playing uh, playing on the no, deck. the band's already drowned. Oh, the ba- band's already <laughs> drowned? Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> the so band is, is already no- drowned. <laughs> the band is dead, y'all. <laughs> wow. That's a very bleak outlook. We, we, we got Joe Kelly over here telling us that, that Louisville's not only, uh, you know, in a bad situation, but they're about to, the ACC's about to go under, and Louisville's going to be back playing against UConn. <laughs> like... <laughs> yes. Hey, we get the keg and nails back. Oh gosh! Oh wow. no, no, we don't. We don't even. Do no, that. Cincinnati's they're in the Big, big Twelve. They're in the Big Twelve now. Hey, you know they're, they're on the way up. Kind of, it's kind of the medium. It's kind of the medium twelve now. But you know, whatever. I, I, I'm gonna tell you what, fellas, and and you know what? Well, I know we've been talking about all the issues, but I'm gonna give. If you're a Louisville fan, um, you have one opportunity for a glimmer of hope. Um, and this is the way I'm going to tell you. Uh, and this is very interesting or odd to say. I, I don't know what's going to happen. Like I, I said, I fully believe that Louisville's going to win six or seven, eight games next year. Uh, they, they should win at least seven games next at year. At least seven. Um, with the schedule that they have. But, I mean, you know, you're going on the road to Syracuse. You're going on the road to uh, Wake Forest. So I almost typed right there. You should uh, never mention going on the road to Syracuse as, like, it should, it should never – Syracuse, Boston College, Duke. Boston College. I'm sorry. That's who that – they're going on the road to Boston right. College. None of those schools should ever be like real competition for Louisville. Shouldn't be and will be are, be are are two different things. And um, next year is no excuse. Yeah, all freshmen this year, they're not going to be freshmen next year. Malik's coming back. You're bringing pretty much back everybody. No excuse. But the sad thing to say is that their only sliver of hope would be – to hope and pray that for whatever reason, because he has not really been mentioned with any of these jobs that I'm hearing right now, is that Jeff Brom decides to stick it out at Purdue for another year, and Louisville sucks. Like that's that's literally, or at least is is another if uh, another six and six year comes across, then I feel like at that point, because the attendance is going to be horrid um, anyway. Um, that if you can find a way to get to six and six and Brom sticks around at, at Purdue for another year, then he, I feel like it would be the next Louisville head coach next year if he gets through all these jobs. But right now you need to be looking at um, these, the, the rest of these openings. Um, you know, most of the openings have been filled or at least for the major jobs. I think Notre Dame uh, elevating their defensive coordinator uh, to the head coach was huge in the uh, hopes of keeping uh, or having a shot at Brom next year, but I feel like, am I wrong, fellas? Like I feel like that's like the only measure of hope is that Brom sticks it out, stays at Purdue another year, and then we try to replay this uh, at the end of next season. But U of L fans were already hoping he lost this year. That's the thing. A lot of fans, if we're honest, a lot of fans were hoping that he was going to lose this year, so he can get Brom this year. Yeah, which which actually happened. It, it worked out. Right, right. I mean, and, and it still didn't happen. You I, got pounded by your rival, which is what you would think. Once again, we weren't prepared to play. Right. Well, we'll see. But I, I, the reason why I say that that's their glimmer of hope for next year is because I feel like the these games were still 
um, decently attended this year. I feel like attendance next year is going to fall off of a cliff. Because the gimmicks won't work next year. Yeah. The, the gimmicks work this year, and you guilted. Basically, you had to guilt your fan base. I mean, you had the Lamar Jackson. You can only Lamar, uh, retire Lamar Jackson's jersey once, unless they do like a Lamar Jackson statue and say, look, we're going to unveil the statue. Everybody come out. Like, that's pretty much the only card they have left to fill up a stadium, I think. Don't, don't you think? Nah, man, no. Nah, here's. Here's what they got to do, man. Every day is senior day for Malik. <laughs> Every home game Let is him walk out. senior game. You got to go out there and go out there and show him some love. Yeah, I mean because like that that's the I, thing that's that what they're... I hate. Yeah, go ahead, Joe. I do hate that, man. Is that potentially we could be looking at a year with I mean attendance is down across the board. I'm I'm guilty as well. I prefer watching at home. I don't have to worry about cursing in front of women and children. <laughs> I can use the bathroom at my leisure. It's just a better overall viewing experience for me and my sanity. But a lot of people are checking out because they just simply, you know, you're looking at the price of it. You're saying, I only get so many Saturdays with the family. I don't need this. Like It's supposed to be fun, and if it's not fun, I'm not going. And I hate that for, for Malik and his senior campaign because he's been amazing at UofL, and he's We've talked about it a lot on here. Huge right? news he's him announcing he's coming back, by the way, fellas. He could have he could have gone anywhere. I just exactly. want to point that out. He could have gone anywhere. He could have transferred. Even if he didn't go to the NFL, he could have gone to, like, an Oklahoma or a USC or mm-hmm. made a transfer. So him coming back, that is huge news. Well, go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry about that. I just wanted to. No, that, that, that was, no that, that's really it is just that I feel like Malik has had such an uh, unfortunate experience at UofL. And, he, and he's never complained that I know of. He's he's always been in good spirits. He he leads the team as well as you could ask a quarterback of. It's just that you know the dudes out here setting records at his position, records that Lamar didn't even have. But he he's constantly he's constantly getting hit with the yeah he's good, but he's no Lamar. And I really hope that that we do that that Satterfield can pull a rabbit out of his hat not to keep his job next year. Because hell, at this point, man. I'm not sure Neely will ever give the green light to get rid of him. You know, it, it may not just be a butting heads thing. It, I really think there could be something towards to on paper and for appearances. This is exactly the hire that I wanted after the last guy that got replaced. I wanted a guy who was complete opposite of Bobby Petrino, and that's what we've got. Well, Joe, I, while, uh, I, while, while I'll say you that. You know, the that, last thing I'll say about that. Yes, sir. The last thing I'll say about that is that maybe, maybe what we can do in the offseason uh, Satterfield can sit down with Neely and get Neely to teach the defense the uh, the prevent because <laughs> the only time it's worked this year. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Well, you know what, Joe? He's and, lockdown corner. And, and, and while that, while the I would say that 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 seems a reasonable. Um, conclusion. The only reason that I'm going to disagree with you on that, and this is why I said that it's important. Like people, if you're out there, um, you know, if it, it, any of any of the the luminaries that that follow me on Twitter, um, you know, that the, you know who you are. All you guys that that have those big checkbooks, you need to close them. Like because that's going to be the only only way that Neely can't just do what she wants to do and hold on to him is if you so horribly cripple the financial pocketbooks of the sports program and do not accept this garbage is the only way it's going to happen. Because That's going to be the only way because if you continue to show up and allow them to shovel this pre-processed, um, you know, chemically uh, induced crap that they're giving you, like 
they're going to continue to give it to you. So you need to make a stand now and say no. Don't show up for the games. I want to. Do not come out. Do not renew your season tickets. I want to agree, man, but I'm telling you, the other school that I cheer for and, and I haven't been able to for years is Miami, and I've seen this play out before. Haven can tell you, as Miami fans, we have seen this. The writing is on the wall, man. I gave her the benefit of the doubt. I really like Neely. I think she's a great president. You know, I, I think she's, she's a nice lady. She's a, she's a nice lady. Yeah, absolutely. And but this is this is like shots fired. And if you're at all familiar, and with let the me way say that, this: the, the way that the I don't think that, when, that it I, went I, down at the U, man. I don't feel way like, too familiar. But but no, let, let me tell, let me say this: I don't think Neely is some maniacal dictator. I feel like she's very appreciative of the board that decided that they were going to hire her. And I feel like she is getting direction from the people that sit on said board. You know, the board that got replaced uh, by Matt Bevin. You know, the, the board that was kind of a so are you telling us? Are you telling us this is the day of reckoning Papa John promised? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, it's, it's here. Absolutely. This is what it is. And I feel like, like Neely is being advised by these people that hired her. Um, that this is what needs to happen and this is what you should do. These are the things that we feel that would be in our best interest. And these are the things that are concerning and we feel like you're the right person to make sure it doesn't happen. I don't think that she's just unilaterally going out there and doing these things on her own. I feel like she's being given advice, quote unquote, and, you know, thoughts about the way and the direction she should move. And I feel like she's carrying out those orders, basically. Um, like, so I don't think it's her just going out because every interaction I've had with her and, and every time I see her and every time she speaks, she's an awesome person. She's got great energy. Um, she really cares about the university and the students and she does a lot of good things. And I don't feel this is like, um, a, some sort of selfish vendetta, but I feel like there are people in the background that were like, you know what? Chris Mack did went out there and had that HR violation. We think he should go. We think he should be fired. And I feel like it became yeah. a situation where that's what those people wanted. And I feel like, you know, Neely looked at the thing and there was just not nearly not enough. You can't fire an elite head coach for that type of a violation. He shouldn't even have got the six games, but she went along with at least the six games. So she gave that. That was the pound of flesh that she had to take back to those people. Um, and that's what they have. Um, but I, I just think that there's a lot of things going on that have nothing to do with sports. It has nothing to do with athletics, and it has everything to do with tearing down this university. And unfortunately, it's coming from inside of it. So the only way you're going to make those changes or get those changes um, is to stop. Just don't. And, I, and I love Louisville. And, and guess what? My job is to be there. My job is to cover uh, the athletics. My job is to go in there to these press conferences and continue to ask the, the hard questions of the coaches. Um, and I'm going to continue to do that because I'm, I feel like I am a voice for the people and, and I will continue to hold these guys accountable, but I'm telling you guys stay home. Don't go, don't support it. Do not say that you're okay with it. And that's going to be the only card that you have to where if we have another six and six or a seven and five, that something could happen. So stay at home and hope and pray that Jeff Brom stays at Purdue. That's that's what I got. Man, that is so bleak. Like I, I and it, and I'm not taking anything away from Brom. I just hate the way that this narrative has now shifted to 
U of L is, and it may be a true narrative. I'm I'm not disputing that, but I hate the fact that the overall sense of, of certainty with our fan base is well, the program's effed unless we get this one guy, and he's the only one. And don't get me wrong, I totally understand why everybody's hell bent determined that Jeff can come in. He's a shot in the arm. You know, he gets the fans excited again. He does all those things. But it just sucks that U of L football is at a pro at a point where the fan base really believes it's, it's boomer bust with this guy. Hey, you know what? It's a jungle sometimes, Joe. <laughs> hey, we'll be back. One more segment left. Wake up five oh two. Rashawn Haven, Joe Kelly taking care of you, and we'll be back on Big X Radio. So she can tell the stories to the girls back home. She went to the city and got so, so, so did it. She had to get a pimp. She couldn't make it on her own. Don't push me because I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. <laughs> it's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Welcome back in, welcome back, welcome back in, wake up 502 for the love of money, people. That's what it's going to be all about, that almighty dollar. That's going to be the only thing right now that's going to change things. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington, Joe Kelly, bring you back for the last segment of the show. Two hours has just flown by, fellas. I feel like we just got started, and, you know, we really ain't even got into anything. And just as a FYI, ESPN2, 2 o'clock this afternoon, University of Louisville, men's basketball team is back on the road at NC State, Raleigh, North Carolina, taking on the Wolfpack, um, uh, former Louisville assistant uh, down there, uh, whose name escapes me at the moment, the little short guy. I can't think of his Kevin name. Kevin Keats. Thank you, Kevin Keats. Goodness gracious. And me and Keats have sat there and talked, just signed, watching uh, recruits all the time. Goodness gracious. Just signed the highest rated uh, recruit in either his tenure at NC State. No way it could be NC State's history. No way. No way. Yeah, I was gonna say, um, ever? I don't know about that one. I don't. Know. NC I, don't, nice I can't though. believe that. Dennis Smith Jr. I, I mean, Dennis that. Smith he Jr. was a top he, ten he player. Got a nice, yeah, yeah. So uh, good on Keats. Absolutely. He knows uh, coaching tree continues to to prosper. 
Yeah, no doubt. Uh, you know, so it's going to be a very good game uh, this afternoon. That they just went out and scored 104 points in a four overtime game and got a win in the in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Uh, so it'll be very interesting to see. I think that this is a game that Louisville can win. This this NC State team is very akin to the the talent level uh, that that Louisville saw down in the Bahamas with Mississippi State and Maryland. I think it's very similar teams built very similarly similarly to both of those teams actually. Um, so this will be a good game to see. Um, what we've learned so make sure you check out that uh, tune into that um, of course you have all the uh, the bowl games uh, not bowl games but championship games going on today uh, Georgia Alabama Haven who you got Georgia Alabama what's what, what's going to happen out there you know it's, that's that's a good question I want to say Georgia's going to win but every time they play Alabama they wind up finding a way to lose like they've had a better team like two out of three years they get up and Nick Saban's like, yeah, I'm playing my four-string quarterback and beat him. Um, but I'm still thinking Georgia because Alabama just looks so suspect this year. And they should have lost by like two or three games but miraculously found a way to pull it out. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think Georgia I, – I feel, I feel Georgia is just going to kind of put Alabama in a headlock. <laughs> like that's kind of who Georgia is this year is just put them in a headlock and just choke them out like Debo style. Lay it down, Craig. Lay it down. Get knocked out like your father used to. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be one of them. <laughs> uh, Joe Kelly, what do you think about the game? Man, come on, man. Georgia's given up six offensive touchdowns all season. Six. That's crazy. All year. And one of those was to Kentucky. There are, eight, <clears throat> there, are, there are eight other schools who have given up six or more in a single game. <laughs> one of those may be Louisville. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I heard a crazy I didn't stat. Wanna, you know what, man? <clears throat> I, I did not want to dive deep into that stat to find out if Louisville <laughs> was. You know what I mean? I was like, if I don't know that answer off the top of my head, I'm not doing I'm it. I'm Elite Cunningham scored no. seven touchdowns in a game this year. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I put mean, in perspective that's georgia georgia honestly i i, I remember preseason hearing uh aaron mcshay when they were asking him about how talented is this defense and he said i've got all 11 starters graded as top three round talent and that's before you even get into the rotational guys who aren't eligible for the draft this year i, I mean that yeah, i heard that and thought there's no way and then I watched about five games of them and said, this is the greatest college defense I've ever seen. And I do remember the Miami ones from the early 2000s. Ooh. This is it. Nah, this insane. is the one. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying they got better, better future NFL studs on their team. I'm not saying they have an Ed Reed. I'm just saying this defense top to bottom is nasty. They remind me a lot of the original Nick Saban Alabama championship teams before they, they started before Nick Saban said, I'm going to hire an offensive coordinator and embrace the modern game, and we said, well, it's a wrap now. So They're that old school Alabama. They've got a, a good quarterback, but not great. A great running game, great offensive line, lights out defense. We're going to beat the crap out of you for four quarters. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, now let me ask you all this. Is there any scenario? Because I, I was thinking about this, you know, as we're talking about the the playoff and getting into that, and still seeing Cincinnati hang out there at number four. The the playoff committee refuses to move them up, even when the teams ahead of them lose. Uh, I, I had a question, so I'm gonna give you all this scenario. Okay, so right now we have Georgia at one, uh, Michigan at two, 
Alabama at three, Cincinnati at four. Okay. So let's say Michigan Michigan's it up and loses to Iowa today in the Big Ten championship game. So if you have a Michigan loss, and let's say Alabama and Georgia play their extra boring, low-scoring football game, Georgia wins the game. If Michigan loses and Alabama loses a close one to Georgia, does Alabama still make it in to the playoff? Uh, No. I think I could I could see it happening to Alabama, but I think Notre Dame would get in. Interesting. Without Brian Kelly. I think Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> you got to think about that. Yeah, exactly. Like without Brian it Kelly. Had, it had, look, man, you know what? You know what <laughs> terrifies me about Notre Dame's hire? Notre Dame might have just injected swag into their program. They got a 35-year-old coach. The players love him. And what he may be able to do is make college football fans, we're never going to like Notre Dame, but he might be able to make it really hard to hate them. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, and, and the way I, and the reason I ask it, this is why I said I think it's very interesting because, like, I look at the, the, the rankings, and, of course, outside of those top four, you have Oklahoma State sitting at five. Uh, Notre Dame sitting at six. Okay, of course, Notre Dame. I think I think Notre Dame will jump them. No. I think Notre Dame's going to jump them. Right. Even though Oklahoma State will have to play a Big Twelve championship game. I mean, because if Oklahoma State that they they have another data point that they're going to be able to get playing a championship game, Notre Dame won't. Um, so th- I think that's one thing that that has to be kept in mind. That uh, I feel like Oklahoma State would be in regardless, and that's why I say it's a good, interesting question because if Michigan if Michigan loses, Michigan's out. Okay, we understand that. Michigan's out. So I feel like Oklahoma State automatically is going to get that spot. But does the 11-1 Notre Dame get in over a 10-2 Alabama? Yes. Yes. Because With, with no loss, championship yep. game. Yes, because without that second loss, with that second loss, it would be almost impossible to get a two-loss team into the playoffs, number one. Number two, Notre Dame is still a name. And they know it will draw fans. It will draw eyes. Everybody wants to see what the new coach can do on the big stage. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I, I th- that is going to be a very interesting math to watch happen because it's going to. I like. I I, I, I would have said Notre Dame if Kelly was still there, but with Kelly leaving, I, I ooh, because you know they love Notre I think Dame. It adds I mean, to Alabama. It. You know they love Alabama. Oh yeah, they. But I they. I think it I think it adds to the dynamic, man. Like I said, I think casual college football fans and college football fans can't wait to see what this guy does. I I really think there would be more eyeballs on. I know I'm watching that game from start to finish. If Brian Kelly's the coach, I'm flipping it over in the second half. I'm, I'm keeping my eye on the game, but I'm probably not watching it. You know, play for play. Yeah. And for all the Notre Dame fans out there worried that, that the guy's too young, I mean, he's 35. I got news for you about Jesus. <laughs> Right. There hey, go. Hey, you know what? I I, I tell you what. I, I think that Notre Dame. You know, apparently all the players love this guy. Um, you know, they said they really ride, but he's only been there one year. That's the one interesting thing about it. He's thirty five years old, and he's only been at Notre Dame for a year. Um, so definitely a guy who, as a coordinator, doesn't have any experience, um, any head coaching experience. It kind of shocks me that Notre Dame would hire a guy with no experience. So I will say that I know that they did that for the recruiting angle of it and to keep those players invested. But I will say that 
I feel like Notre Dame's better than a coordinator. Can I be that guy? Even though I don't even like Notre Dame and yeah, have always hated that Golden Dome. Well, you know what? Maybe Notre Dame just didn't want to spend the money that apparently you have to spend now to get that next level guy. Like to me, this is a this is ga- a gamble it for is, Notre Dame because they, they they had you know Ty- Tyrone Willingham and. Uh, whoever, Charlie Weiss. you know, Charlie Weiss, they got it wrong a couple times, and then they finally found their perfect guy in Brian Kelly, um, who I think is an excellent coach, and I think is going to kill it at LSU. I think that Brian Kelly at LSU is almost, and I will say almost, almost as powerful a combination as Saban at Alabama. I knew that when Saban got that job at Alabama, he was going to be a monster. I think that Brian Kelly has an opportunity to be a monster at LSU. Because Brian Kelly is a hell of a coach. But at Notre Dame, they get fake five stars. Okay, they get four-star kids that become five stars because Notre Dame gave them a scholarship and everybody still loves Notre Dame. Now, you're getting them monsters in the bayou. You're getting real five-star guys. It's about to come real. Anybody anybody who wants to argue that, that LSU isn't the best coaching job in football, explain how Coach O... And Les Miles both won championships there. Absolutely. Explain that. And then th- those guys are terrible. And Brian Kelly is light years better as a coach than either one of those two guys. And, and now you're giving him that talent? So now the next question is, Woo! how would you feel as a Texas A&M fan knowing that you're paying Jimbo Fisher almost $10 million a year and he has the same record at this particular point in his career as Kevin Sumlin did? And now you have Brian Kelly and, uh, you know, just the, the, the number. And, and as well, yeah, you add Brian Kelly to the conference, and now you're going to be bringing in Oklahoma uh, and Texas as well. Like, whew. Hey, man, I'm going to tell you exactly how Lord. dudes in Texas feel about paying a dude named Jimbo $10 million for that, to have the same record as, uh, as someone did. Those good old boys are just like, he's white, ain't he? <laughs> right, yeah, said it. That's hilarious. <laughs> and here we go. And hey, hey, that's the truth. That's the truth. But you know what? They're uneasy because they thought that he was going to be able to make it rain, make it happen. And man, you're the same team as you were before. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> ah, we suck again. <laughs> we're still the third best team in Texas. I mean, it, it's like the SEC is going to be a very interesting thing, and I did want to at least get a little bit of sports uh, in there. It's going to be scary because you have like Riley. I mean, we, I thought you know, Riley going to the SEC with Oklahoma, that's going to be like awesome. But now he's going to USC. So now they have to find a coach. Texas may be trying to fire their coach, Steve Sarkeesian, find somebody else. Hey, it's – Oregon's about to lose their coach, Miami. It's just, man, it's about to be crazy. Hey, you know, the wild world. As the people say, it's about to get real, fellas. We got about a minute left in the show. But, uh, you know, any last thoughts about everything going on at UofL? Anything you want to leave for our fans? Absolutely. Don't worry about not getting Brom. Don't be scared because Deion Sanders is still out there and we can make it happen. Hey, you know what? I, I will agree with that. I'm not a Brom only guy. Like I know I talked a lot about Jeff Brom today, but trust me, people, you want anybody who's going to bring swag, aggressiveness, and believes that he is the best guy on the field every time he steps on the field. You need that. I don't yeah, think Scott Satterfield's feels that. Joe Kelly got anything for us in the last thirty seconds? Uh, yeah, man. College sports in a nutshell. Life comes at you fast. Pick and choose your battles. Your this stuff will drive you crazy, folks. 
Go Cards beat NC State. There we go. Hey, wake up 502 and we out. Y'all will be back next week with plenty more uh, fun and shenanigans. Hey, for the love of money, make a stand, people.